Well, good morning, Life Church Online. It's great to be joining with you this morning. What a privilege we have to be able to gather and worship together, to lift up the name that is above every other name, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. What a privilege we have to be able to worship Him together this morning. And this morning, I wanna speak to you from a passage of Scripture that I felt the Holy Spirit highlight to me. You know, a few weeks ago, I was reading through the book of Mark. And as I was reading, I came to Mark chapter four. And in chapter four, we get to hear some of Jesus' parables and his teachings. He was teaching beside the Sea of Galilee and this large crowd had gathered around him. And so in order that the crowd could hear him better and see him, he actually got into a boat and pushed the boat out into the lake a little bit and taught the crowd from there. He made himself his own stage. It was quite clever. And I love the fact that Jesus always takes the opportunities that are in front of him to minister and to teach people. And in this chapter, we get to hear many teachings that have since become really well known. We have the parable of the sower where the farmer scatters seed and it either lands on good soil or not so good soil. We have the lamp on a stand, you know, don't hide your light, but elevate it for all to see. The parable of the mustard seed, how a, a tiny seed can have such a large impact in the kingdom of God. Many of these stories that we have heard before and I've read through Mark quite a few times, but as I was reading this time, I noticed a story here in this chapter that I felt like I hadn't read before. And when that happens, I, I like to go, okay, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And interestingly, this parable, this teaching only occurs here in the book of Mark. It doesn't appear in the other three gospels. It's just here in Mark chapter four. So let me read it to you here. This is Jesus speaking, Mark 4, verses 26 to 29. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and it grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head, as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. And so as I've been reading and meditating on this verse for the past few weeks, meditating, by the way, just means it's been sitting in my mind and I've been praying over it. I've had it sat there in the back of my mind and I've been praying, okay, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to me? How can I apply this to my life? What does this mean for me? And I felt the Holy Spirit's nudge saying, don't hold on to your seeds. Don't hold on to your seeds. When we bought our home about four years ago, the previous owners had this large outdoor table that was sat in their back lawn for a long time. And so when they left and took their table with them, we were left with this large patch of dirt in the middle of our lawn where this table had sat. Now, after being there for so long, it had killed all the grass underneath. And so when they left and the table got removed, we were left with this obnoxiously large piece of dirt in the middle of what should have been our nice lawn. 
And so after moving in, when it came to springtime, I bought some lawn seed and scattered it over this patch of dirt. I'm not a professional gardener by any means, but I was excited to have my own home, my first house, and I was looking forward to the challenge of maintaining it and looking after it. And I was hoping that by scattering some seed, I was going to be able to patch repair this dead section of our lawn. So not knowing anything about lawn maintenance, I scattered the seed and I watered it for a day or two, and then I left it and pretty much forgot about it. It wasn't long after that that our first son, Levi, was born, so I had other things to think about. And it wasn't until a few months ago, as I was mowing the lawn, that I was reminded that there used to be a large patch in this lawn that had no grass on it. Because, of course, over the years, those seeds have sprouted, and they have grown, and that area has filled in. And now when looking at the lawn, you would have no idea where that empty patch used to be. It is all just lawn all because I had simply scattered some seed. You know, every seed has potential. Inside every seed is the potential for new life and for growth. All it's waiting for is to be scattered and planted. Every seed has the potential to be a fruit, but the seed that will never be a fruit is the seed that is never planted. It doesn't matter how much potential is locked up in that seed, if it is never planted, if it is never scattered, if it is never sown, then its potential will never be realized and it will never bear fruit. What good is a seed if it just stays in its packet? And when we look back earlier in chapter four to another seed-related parable, the parable of the sower, Jesus explains to his disciples that the seed is the word of God. It's the word of God. The seed is the gospel, the truth about Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. The truth that there is a God in heaven who loves you, who made you and wants to live life with you so much so that he would send his one and only son to cover the debt that our sin and our wrongdoings and mistakes have caused. That is the gospel. That is the seed. And it is a seed with so much potential and so much power. It is a seed that can transform lives. It is a seed that can transform someone's eternity. It's the seed that has changed our lives. But no matter how much potential that seed has, imagine if it had never been sown in your life. Imagine if that seed had never been scattered because fruit only comes when the seed is sown. And the ground is people's hearts. The soil that the seed lands on is the soil of our hearts. And I feel the Holy Spirit stirring. Don't hold on to your seeds. Don't hold on to your seeds because you have the seeds of the gospel that need to be scattered. And there is fertile soil out there in the world that is waiting for a seed to be planted in it. Verses 26 and 27, this is what the kingdom of God is like. 
a man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and it grows, though he does not know how. This is a part that I keep coming back to. The farmer scatters the seed and then seemingly doesn't have much more involvement involvement because the seed begins to sprout all by itself. It begins to take on a life of its own. You know, the gospel is powerful. The gospel is powerful. The word of God is powerful. Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. The gospel is the power of God. So powerful that as we see from Jesus' teaching, that when it lands in the right conditions, lands in the right soil, it will grow and it will sprout and it will produce a harvest even if we don't necessarily think that it will. Even if we don't think there is the potential there. Even when we can't see it working, even when it doesn't look like it, don't underestimate the power of the gospel. And I even felt in my spirit as I was preparing this, that in our culture today, one of the many tactics that the enemy has used is to cause us to doubt the power that is in the gospel, the power that the gospel has to change lives. But the gospel is the power of God to bring salvation to all who believe. The gospel is powerful. The gospel is the ultimate truth that people need, the ultimate truth that sets people free. The gospel is the only power that can turn someone's life around, set them free from bondage and slavery, free the captives, bring hope to the hopeless. Only the gospel can do that. Only the gospel can provide the peace that surpasses all understanding. Only the gospel can bring joy in all circumstances. Only the gospel can give me contentment no matter what I might face. This is why we keep Christ central, because there is no other message that has the power to change lives. It's not Jesus plus this. It's not Jesus and a little bit of something else. It's not all of this with a sprinkling of Jesus on top. No, it's Jesus Christ. We might look at a person and think there is no way the gospel could reach them. Their life is far too messy for this to have any impact. They're just gonna completely reject this. This is not going to set in, but don't underestimate the power of the gospel. The devil can build up strongholds. He can sow division. He can sow distrust. He can cause hatred and resentments to run rampant. He can cause doubt to creep in. But as 2 Corinthians 10 verse four says, the weapons we fight with are not not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. God forbid we believe that the devil's tactics are more powerful than the word of God itself. God forbid we believe that the devil's tactics are more powerful than the gospel. Come on, now is not the time for the people of God to shrink back and hide their message. Now is the time for us to be bold and proclaim that the gospel is the hope of the world. It's time for us to remember the power that is in the gospel. It is the power of God because God is the one who makes it grow. God is the one who makes it grow. As that verse says, night and day, though he does not know how, the seed sprouts and it grows. God is the one who makes the seed grow. Our job 
is to scatter. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 6, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. One plants, another waters, but God has been making it grow. Our job is to keep sowing seeds in people's lives. Keep sowing seeds and watering those seeds, praying over those seeds, interceding over those seeds. Sometimes we can put so much pressure on ourselves to see the gospel advance. But the truth is our role primarily is to sow seeds and to water seeds. Sow seeds by telling people about God and what he has done. By living our lives in a way that reflects the truth of the gospel to people. Every time you show mercy and compassion to someone, you are sowing a seed. Every time you tell people you went to church, you are sowing a seed. Every time you're friendly to the person who looks like they need it, you're sowing a seed. When you show generosity, that's another seed. When you carry peace into situations, it's another seed. When you are there for people in their times of hurt, you are sowing another seed. Whenever you share what Jesus has done for you and who he is in your life, you're sowing a seed. When you pray over those people, you're watering those seeds. When you intercede on their behalf, when you bring them before the throne room in prayer, you're watering those seeds that have been sown. And we might think those are insignificant things. You know, those are just tiny actions. How are they going to make any difference? You know, a seed is tiny and yet it carries a lot of potential because ultimately we don't know which seeds are going to bear fruit. When we scatter seeds, we don't know what soil they're going to land on. We don't know what the condition of someone's heart is. We don't know how receptive they're going to be, whether those seeds will settle in and take root or whether weeds will come and choke it out. We don't know which seeds will produce a harvest, but we do know which seeds will not. And those are the seeds that are never sown. And this is why I feel the Spirit stirring. Don't hold on to your seeds because we don't know which ones will bear fruit. This is why a farmer scatters as many seeds as they can far and wide because he knows not all of them will produce a harvest. But the more seeds that are scattered, the greater chance there is at a large harvest being produced. Don't hold on to your seeds. You don't know the impact that your seeds could have. You don't know when your seed is going to be the one that produces fruit and produces a harvest in someone's life. The Holy Spirit's job is to prepare and till the soil. It's his job to continue leading people to Jesus. That is his ministry. He is at work in the earth, preparing people's hearts, leading them, drawing them to the truth about Christ. He has had people on his heart long before they ever come into our lives. He loves them more than we ever could. And our role is to scatter seed and to be faithful in praying over them. But this is why it is important to be walking in tune with the Spirit, to be attentive to his voice and his leading because he can make us aware of fertile soil. He can give us an inside look as to where seed should be sown. 
Now, I had a situation recently where I felt prompted to strike up a conversation with someone. This is someone I have semi-regular contact with, but we don't really know each other as such. But on this instance, I just felt a prompting in my spirit to go and talk to this person, just to have a conversation with them. And eventually, as it always does, the, conversa- the topic of careers and jobs come up and every pastor faces this. They go, okay, here we go again. I'm gonna have to tell them that I work for the church. I'm gonna have to tell them that I'm a pastor. But I've made the decision not to shrink back from that conversation, but to use it as an opportunity to sow seeds. And so I mentioned that I'm a pastor and that that's what I do and the conversation carries on. But a few moments later, they make mention of the fact that they went to Sunday school as a kid. And that's all it was. There was no follow-up conversation or mention of God, just a mention that they went to Sunday school as a kid. But as they mentioned that, there was a leaping in my spirit, a sense that said, okay, aha, there is seeds that have been planted in this person's life way back and perhaps my job is going to be to water them. Maybe I have the opportunity to water those seeds. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your prompting. Thank you for leading me. You see, the Holy Spirit was showing me that He has already working in this person's life. There are seeds dormant in that person's life and I just sowed another seed. That's another seed for them. Or maybe I can water those seeds next week. Now I have another person I can pray for, another person I can believe for, another person I can love on. God is already at work in the earth and now I can just come into agreement with what He is already doing. Sometimes we don't get the privilege of seeing the harvest that our seeds might have produced. Just as it says in that passage in 1 Corinthians, one sows and another waters, but God has been making it grow. There are seeds that you have sown in someone's life that might be watered by another. And you might not even be aware of the fruit that is being produced now, but God has been making it grow. And you might water seeds that have been planted generations back and you might have the joy of seeing them produce the harvest and produce fruit, but God has been making it grow. In other words, it's not about us. We don't get the credit. The glory goes to God and we are simply being faithful and playing our part. And faithfulness is key because so often we can't see the seed growing. When a seed is planted, most of the growing takes place under the soil where no one else can see. When the roots go down dig and it's go down deep, and it's not until the stalk bursts through the ground that we know the seed has been growing, but God can see. God knows. And he is the one who is making it grow. And so we keep praying and we remain faithful. And even when we can't see any progress, even even when it seems like there is no hope, we trust that God is working and that he is moving and he is making things grow. Don't hold on to your seeds. As followers of Jesus, his commission to all of us is to go into the world and make disciples. That's the job that is given to every one of us, not just pastors, not just evangelists, but every disciple. Every follower of Jesus is called to make disciples in some way. 
And the Holy Spirit is at work in people's lives, leading them to Jesus, drawing them to his self. And you have the seeds of the gospel in your hands. Don't hold on to your seeds because you don't know which seeds might lead to a harvest. And when you have sown those seeds, be faithful in watering them. Pray over them, intercede over them, worship over them, declare hope over them, but don't hold on to your seeds. As we come to a time of ministry this morning, I'm aware that there are many of us who have people in our lives who once knew Jesus but have since walked away. And I would love the privilege of praying for them this morning. As we've been learning there's power in the gospel, I wanna pray this morning that seeds that have been sown in the past would begin to bear fruit. Come on, I think this morning we need to water some seeds, pray over some seeds that are sitting dormant in some hearts and start to declare that we're gonna see fruit and see a harvest. And so if you have prodigals in your life, if you have people in your life who you know there are seeds lying dormant in their heart, would you just agree with me in faith as I pray by opening your arms? Just picture that you're lifting them before the throne room of grace. Let's pray together that seeds will begin to bear fruit. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you first and foremost for the incredible power that is the gospel. I thank you for the hope that we have each received that we have received the promise of eternity with you, Lord. We know what it is to be in right relationship with you because of the work of the cross. And Jesus, we just again say thank you for that. But Lord, we lift up every prodigal that is being lifted before you this morning. And God, we declare that where there are seeds lying dormant in hearts right now, we declare them to be a fruit in Jesus' name. Lord, we water those seeds and we say prodigals come home in the name of Jesus where they once knew you. Lord, where they once loved you, rekindle that first love in their heart again in Jesus' mighty name. Come home, we say to the Father. Come home to His loving embrace and know the hope and the plans and the purposes that He has for them. Lord, we lift up family members we lift up friends, we lift up co-workers, whoever it is in our lives. God, we pray that those seeds would begin to be a fruit, that even when we can't see it, God, we commit again to being faithful, to praying over those seeds, to watering them in the spiritual realm. And Lord, where there are barriers that have been set up against you, God, we tear down those strongholds in the name of Jesus, because we know the Word of God has power to demolish strongholds. And we come against anything that sets itself up against people coming home to you and Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, for all of us, I pray for a boldness again in our hearts and a conviction that says, I will sow seeds when the opportunity arises, that I will not hold on to the hope that I've got. I will not just keep it to myself, but I will be faithful in sowing seeds whenever the opportunity arises. I pray, Lord, that you would bring people across our paths and you would prompt us to sow seeds even if it seems insignificant, God, I pray that we would not underestimate the power the gospel has to transform lives. I thank you that it has transformed our lives. And we pray that we would continue to see a harvest of people coming home to you. We pray all of this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. <laughs>